This is Dreamer to Creator, the podcast, with your hostess, Gabriella Bruner. This podcast was created to share stories of real people who dream and create. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories are resilient. Their stories are real. This podcast was Gabriella's dream, and she wants you to know that her dreams are possible, and so are yours. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Dreamer to Creator, the podcast. So it's always really interesting how sometimes you find yourself in the same city as somebody, even in the same profession as somebody, and for whatever reason, you don't cross paths until you have left the state entirely. And that's what happened with today's guest, Wynne, or Winnie, as she is affectionately referred to, is somebody who I started following on Instagram because I was fascinated by the fact that she was taking her law profession in a completely unique and authentic way. And she's got a beautiful account, so she'll let you know where you can locate her and all that stuff so you can see it. But I just fell in love with that because as someone who is an attorney by education and went off the beaten path and did something completely different, I'm always, always, always in awe of people who take the profession of the law, which I think is a a gorgeous profession, and make it their own. And so Wynne is going to talk to us about so many things, but I just wanted to give that introduction because she really inspires me because I feel like no matter where you are, no matter what your profession is, if you love it, you can make it anything you want. And that's what she's going to talk to us about today. So Wynne, say hi. Hi, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me here today. It's absolutely wonderful. (laughs) And I am thrilled to be speaking with all of you. I'm so excited to have you here. And Wynn has a new puppy, so you may hear puppy (laughs) chiming in with his or her opinion every once in a while, which I love. So Wynn, you're a lawyer, right? Yes. And on on paper, you and your dad have your own practice. And so tell us a little bit about that, because I really want people to, to get a full picture of all the beautiful things that you're doing in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I I do practice with my dad, which is such a a blessing. You know, so many people think, oh my gosh, how do you guys do that and not kill each other? And I think, you know, that's the the time old question of all of these family businesses. But my father has been an attorney his entire life. And he started practicing, I guess, gosh, about 42 years ago now, Mm -hmm. and was always in really large firms. They did big cases like um, 9-11, big tobacco. And, you know, I kind of hesitantly fell into the (laughs) legal profession. And I truthfully, I was terrible at science. So, you know, being a my dream job as a doctor wasn't happening for me. So, you know, I ended up in in the legal profession. And when it came time to choose where to work after law school, you know, I weighed my options. I had done work during law school for two years in the criminal arena. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Psychology is just so fascinating, but I'm a little too empathetic. Uh, mm. I joke around that, you know, after seeing what you see in the in the criminal arena, when I have kids, they would live in plastic bubbles and it would right. hate me. So yeah, I, I opted do anything. <laughs> yeah, completely, you know, so I opted to go away from that route. And 
Then when it came time to looking at firms, of course, I, I sought my dad's advice based on his, you know, years of experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was really, which I appreciate very much. So he was very honest with me about what the large firm world has become. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's great. You can make great money and work on really high profile cases, but it is really long hours in the office. It is about how many hours you can bill making sure that you're beating out the the rest of the people at your firm so that you can, you know, make partner. And there isn't a lot of client interface. Mm -hmm. And that's when he said, do what you want. I'll support you in what you do. But I, I feel like I've done what I need to do in that big firm world. And if you're open to it, I would be willing to give up the, the practice and the salary um, to work with you and mentor you and uh, mm. grow a business together, which is what what led us to forming Reese Law and ultimately the Creatives Council. And how did that feel when your dad extended that offer to you? Amazing, yeah. right? I mean, a little shocking, you know, kind <laughs> of like, are, are you crazy? You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got You're it really away good. From all of that, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got it really good, but it was. Really encouraging to know that um, he believed in in me enough to risk all of that, mm. and also also challenging in the right ways. You know, his his kind of one condition was, you know, I want you to at some point in the near future find an area of law that people aren't really practicing in, mm. and. And that's a pretty daunting task to face, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I took it, you know, there's always going to be challenges and obstacles and why not face them head on to see where they lead you. Wow. That's amazing because it's, he's like, I'll support you. I'll, I'll give you a leg to stand on. And, but I'm also going to ask you to push yourself and to figure out a way that we can make this work. Yes. And how, I mean, I'm probably going to ask you this question a lot, but how, how did it feel to you? You're, you're fresh out of law school, right? You have a little bit of experience in your criminal world, and now you're starting a brand new business with your dad. And it, there's something about it that feels like a lot of pressure too. Like, holy crap, <laughs> my dad is leaving all of this. And now we're starting something new. And did you feel pressure from him? Or did you feel like it was just like a, like a collaborative community experience that you guys could grow something together and see where it went? You know, I, that's a great question. And I don't think that I felt pressure directly coming from him. Mm-hmm. You know, both my parents are um, entrepreneurs and uh, really my entire life, their answer to oh, what's your, what's your kid going to be when they grow up was whatever she wants to mm-hmm. do so long as she puts her heart into it. So I was really lucky to have that kind of open support. With that being said, I am... I am an entrepreneur and I'm a perfectionist and I definitely have seen what my parents have both created in their individual professions, really starting from the ground up. And so uh, there's self-imposed pressure, absolutely, Mm -hmm. to kind of fill the shoes. And then also, I still have the, the goal that when my dad does retire, that he leaves with everything he's put in and more just because to me that would feel 
like success mm. as kind of a, you know, a thank you. I so appreciate everything that you've done for me kind of position. Mm. Wow. And that's a beautiful goal too. Cause it's like, yeah. it's when you said about your parents, um, you know, what is she going to do when she grows up, whatever she wants, as long as she, as she puts her heart into it. So how do you do that? How do you put your heart into your profession every day? Waking up and, and, and feeling excited, you know, about your profession every day. I, I think that that's something that everybody works towards. And if you can wake up every day and say, man, it feels great to be a lawyer. <laughs> that's a win. You yeah. know, that's a really huge thing. And I, again, both of my parents have that mentality about their profession. So I was able to see that growing up, which is really great. But it's not easy, right? I mean, there are days where you are just swamped and you think, man, what did I get myself mm-hmm. into? Or can't, is this all really in my lap? Or, you know, whatever it is that, that you're questioning. And I think that the way that I kind of try to stay excited and stay invigorated and, and really stay interested is mixing it up and being, being willing to be vulnerable and mm. to be real and to say, Hey, I, I'm human and there are days when it's not going to be as easy as maybe I thought that it would be. And that's okay because the rest of the world feels that too. Mm. And just reminding yourself on those days about, you know, the incredible clients that you get to work with, the projects that you get to see come to life, the dreams that they have that you can just imagine growing exponentially and and the you know humble honor of being able to be along for the ride with most of them. Mm. And you touched upon vulnerability and how that is just such a, a big aspect of people being human. But you also mentioned a little bit ago that you're a perfectionist. I am also a perfectionist. And I think vulnerability was one of the hardest things for me to to express. Like I I had times when I was vulnerable like privately, but to be vulnerable with somebody else was really challenging for me because the way I view it is because of my perfection, my perfectionism tendencies. So was vulnerability something that you always, that came naturally or easily to you? Or is that something that through your journey, you've, you've tapped into more and has made you, I don't know, more authentic or more human? Definitely. It's a learning process. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I used to just say yes to everything, Mm. work at all hours of the day, every day of the week. And I was very stoic, you know, I, there, there isn't kind of, it's not innate in me to let my guard down and be vulnerable to people. While my life is typically an open book and I'm very honest with people, truly being vulnerable is, is I think a different a different trait. And that's something that, you know, I've had to to learn. And I think it really kind of came from when I started working with so many small businesses. And even on, you know, we do litigation as well. So even on, you know, some injury cases, mm-hmm. based on kind of my background in psychology and family social sciences, I was feeling that it didn't it didn't really seem balanced. You have these these wonderful clients in front of you who are putting everything on the table. Mm. And there seemed to be just kind of an energy of 
they felt very vulnerable, um, which is an uncomfortable place to be if you're the only one vulnerable in the room. And so I kind of started just opening up a little bit more and sharing experiences or, you know, if there was kind of a, there's been instances where clients are like, okay, get ready to really judge me and then tell me everything. And I'm like, Hey, I'm not judging you. I've been there. You know, I've made these mistakes. I've had these experiences in my life too, or similar ones. You're not alone. We're doing this together. And that's really helped me to grow as well. Mm, I love that so much because you don't see that very often in the law as someone who spent almost 10 years in the law in different areas and immigration primarily, I feel like immigration pushed me also to be more vulnerable because of that exact situation that you described. When people come in and literally lay everything out on the table, things that they haven't even told maybe their own families, you know, and you're the recipient of all this information and they're almost ready to, to, like, they're almost like shielding themselves, like ready for the judgment to be thrown at them. And when you can let down your own guard a little bit and you can still be an excellent lawyer and be vulnerable. That's absolutely. That's something that I yeah, that I'm so glad that you're you're embodying and ex- exemplifying and personifying every day because I think it's such a beautiful example to anyone who's a lawyer now or anyone who aspires to be a lawyer that it is possible to do that. And I want to jump forward a little bit because yeah. I feel like so, you know, we you've got this beautiful practice that's developing with your dad. And if you jump forward and you look at the Creatives Council, mostly on Instagram or your own personal account on Instagram, you see that you're out there doing these really different things. I've seen some pictures of you hosting events at some awesome hotels in Minneapolis and some stuff connected to like the, the wedding world. And I'm so curious, like, how are you blending all of this together? How are you bringing it all together into the, what I'm assuming is an extension of your law practice and the Creatives Council? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the Creatives Council is it's the it's kind of the small business arm to our practice. And it's really it's a fun it's a fun challenge because I've kind of started developing these different paths to legal accessibility and education because, you know, it isn't the as you know, the the legal profession is it's a really vast area of mm-hmm. knowledge and there isn't really any way that people who aren't attorneys would know what they even need to ask. And so, you know, so many of the small businesses in Minneapolis, I'm sure everywhere, you know, think, oh gosh, you know, I'm just going to Google it. I'm going to DIY it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go onto one of these websites and download a form. But, you know, as, as you know, from being an attorney, that just isn't even buying a form. It just really doesn't give you what you need as a client because it doesn't give you the explanation. Right. It doesn't give you give you a sounding board. It doesn't give you someone to answer questions mm-hmm. or if clients have questions about the documents that you're giving them, it doesn't give you a resource. Oh, and context. So, it's like, yeah. it's just words and they don't really mean much if you don't understand how to apply them. Completely, completely. And so what we thought was, how do we, how do we get, through two entrepreneurs that the law doesn't have to be scary. It Mm. doesn't have to break the bank. And you can talk with an attorney without being afraid you're going to get billed for every tenth of an hour or learn something more about what you found on Google. And 
so being, I used to be in the wedding industry and through that, I kind of thought, well, gosh, everybody loves a good party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we, we thought, God, you know, let's try doing this in a seminar format, but let's make it different. Let's do it at an event venue. Let's bring in furniture from other businesses here. Let's bring in food from other businesses Mm. here. Let's do floral. I mean, the first one was in the middle of the winter. I brought a bunch of wool blankets and said, bring your slippers. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. And it it really, you know, it really made it um, comfortable for people to be in a cozy space, eating yummy food and learning about a topic that most people don't really care to learn about. That are terrified and they, that's why they never even do it. Yes, completely, completely. And so that's what led to the seminar and the seminars went over really well. And so that kind of led to, all right, I'm going to do a seminar every six months. We're going to switch up the topics. Some will be repeat, some will be new. Uh, We'll do some smaller scale like lunches so that, you know, rather than 50 people, you can have eight people and you can kind of dig deep and flesh out those questions that maybe you don't want to ask in front of 50 people. Mm. And we just have kind of grown from there and, and, you know, done these events, gone to businesses, talked to their employees about things that they need to be watching out for, talked to the actual business owners about what they should be doing, and just really focused on how to make law not only accessible, but also understandable Mm. to people who aren't in the profession. Wow. I am just like, I'm like bowing to you. I am (laughs) honoring you because this is the most amazing thing I have. I mean, as an attorney, and I didn't practice the same type of law as you, but I, you know, I still understand the basics of, you know, legal protections and, and all the things that people should, quote, have in order to be, lay down a really solid foundation so that they can set themselves up for expansion and success, however they define that. And then I'm on the other side as being a solopreneur, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, you know, I have the wisdom and the benefit of having this legal perspective. And I see so many people out there, so many creatives, so many spiritual entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs of all kinds, coaches, whomever, who really just do the Google method or don't do anything at all because they're so afraid to even broach the subject. And I think of people cozying up in the middle of winter and using it as such a beautiful way to, it just, it just feels like a, a light-filled way into their business to, to really love that part of their business, which is so integral. Um, and so many people shy away from it. I just, I'm, I'm like so amazed by all of it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's so exciting. How do you see this expanding? Yeah, that's a a really great question. I just met with somebody yesterday and or two days ago and, mm-hmm. and she asked that kind of same question. And right now the Creatives Council has all been word of mouth. We haven't really put in even money really to do marketing yet. But I do need to think about as life happens and progresses and you know, I have kids and different, you just, life, life just goes on and you don't have as much time. And so I've thought about, you know, how do we expand 
build a great team that has the same kind of core values and passion for the entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, still main, maintain everything. And I think that we've got a couple different plans on the horizon, uh, you know, where we're going to be expanding to work with some other attorneys. Mm. We also, you know, somebody brought the idea up to me, which I think is probably a really phenomenal idea. And I just have to figure out the right way to do it. You know, as, as you know, but probably many of your listeners don't, as an attorney, you have to be licensed in a state to practice in a state. Yes. And I certainly can take if somebody is like, let's say a New York uh, business and they want us to draft contracts, we can definitely do that. But, you know, it would be our obligation to that client for us to at least connect with a New York attorney to say, hey, will you review this and make right. sure there aren't any red flags? Right. And so we've thought about kind of finding the right people in some of those other states that we do have clients in and just kind of hoping to organically expand mm. that way. And in a dream world, because everybody has to have a dream, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to expand to Canada as oh, well. Beautiful. So, yeah. This is so fascinating. And there's really no way that you would know this because I've, yeah. I haven't talked about this with really hardly anybody, but there was a time last year when I wanted to create because of these same struggles, because of these same, like seeing entrepreneurs like all over the U S and Canada, you know, doing these forum things and paying a lot of money and all this kind of stuff. And I had a real internal battle, like integrity, like I was pissed <laughs> because of this. And I wanted to do something very similar in spirit, which was create a what would you call it, like a roster of people that were licensed in each individual state and that were yeah. passionate about help people like you, basically, who are passionate about helping people and, and that would make it affordable and understandable and, and, and cozy and warm blankets and all of that, which I love that idea. And yeah. I actually even created like a whole application. Um, oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> that I was going to send, like I was going to reach out to people that I knew from school and just kind of, you know, start with a few things. And then of course, life happened. And it's amazing how the idea has somehow just magically like gotten to somebody else. And it's coming in. It's not, I'm not saying it that I'm the one who started the idea, but you know what I mean? No, like, yes. It's fascinating how here I am talking to you. And you have pretty much the same idea to expand. And I love that so much because entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, creatives, you know, and, and I work with a lot of people in the spiritual entrepreneur world, they deserve to have basic legal protections too, you know, and they deserve to have good basic legal protections that are verifiable in their states that will protect them and not something generic. And so Completely. I love, I love what you're doing. I just love all of it. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I love your idea. And we'll <laughs> definitely have to talk more offline about that because I just, it is, I think it's pretty tough, you know, in uh, the legal profession, in kind of those medical professions, anything that kind of requires that extra schooling, it's tough to find people probably in large part just because of the massive, you know, school loans that you have, mm -hmm. but who can kind of handle that in whatever way they need to and focus on providing, you know, affordable or low bono services to people who need it. So, mm. Mm. so I want to talk to you about 
just creativity because to me it feels like through this collaboration with your dad you were given the opportunity to expand creativity and I feel like that's why you know all of these ideas came to you and all of your connections because that's really unique you know to to be so connected in the the wedding world and have that perspective and great vendors and friends that can help out with all of this and I'm just super curious about your own creativity process and how how you play with your creativity in a profession that for most people feels gray. Yeah, definitely. I always tell people I'm a true Gemini. You know, I <laughs> have the the very type A side to me and then I have that creative side to me. You know, I grew up in a very creative household. My dad was a litigator, so not really there, but my mom um, is a classical composer mm. and writes operas and symphonies. And so from a very young age, creativity was really encouraged. And I think it's kind of was just became a part of me, you know, and I, it is very true that if I had any other situation, unless I was just working completely by myself, I don't think that there would be that leeway to kind of creatively approach the law and, you know, expand in a creative way. So I think it's kind of circumstance that I'm able to do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, beyond that, I just, I've tried to explain before to people kind of how I think and that's tough. <laughs> that's tough to do. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. But I think that I am innately very curious. Mm. I have this conversation with my husband a lot where, you know, we'll be somewhere and I will think, gosh, don't you just wonder how they do that or how they made that or where that came from? What are the origins? Not like the manufacturing origin, but what are the actual or who designed that? Yeah. And I think having that inquisitive mind is a really great way to foster creativity. And that's an easy thing to learn. Mm -hmm. There are just, you know, a couple kind of base questions that you can just start asking that will foster that creativity. And other, other than that, I just kind of you know, I think I credit it a lot to my clients as well, because they're so creative that it kind of pushes me to be more creative, mm. to look at, look at things aesthetically, to think, gosh, I can be a lawyer and not wear a suit every day. And that that's an okay thing to do, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And yeah, I think I just kind of feed off of everybody and feed off their energy and really try to stay up to speed on everything that they're doing, which in turn causes me to be more creative and try to think outside the box. Mm, I love that. And one of the things that instantly was coming to me as, as you were sharing that story is how important it is if you want to sort of, if you want to change or ignite, if you will, your creativity to surround yourself with people who are being creative. And I think sometimes when people have you know traditional, let's just say traditional lawyer jobs or you know not as much freedom to create as you have in your position, they're like, well, how can I do that? I can't do that in my nine to five. I really don't have that ability. And so my answer usually is, why don't you find another group, find a niche, find other people who are carrying that same energy that you want to have and, and just surround yourself with them and see what happens. Like you don't even need to expect that something's going to happen, but just see what happens when you immerse yourself in something different. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. You know, it is one thing that we did do is that we have offices in 
what's called the IDS, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very yep, big. That's where I worked too when I first yeah, got my, yeah. my big law yeah, job so, there. You know, <laughs> yeah, like just the, the big building with tons of people in suits mm-hmm. and you all stand at Starbucks in the morning and then go up to your office <laughs> yep. and, you know, maybe come out by five on a good day. And that was great and wonderful. And it's a really, really great place for my dad because that's been his entire practice is in kind of that large firm setting. Mm -hmm. But we also ended up getting a second space in the North Loop in a collaborative creative space. I love that. And yeah, and that has just been, you know, I sit next to this amazing designer who is constantly covering her wall in Pantone swatches and watercolor swatches. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, digital marketing folks, photographers, And, you know, when you're just immersed in those people, it really does kind of light a fire in you that says like, oh man, I shouldn't wear black all day, every day, you know, (laughs) maybe I should add in some red or yellow. And, but, but I recognize, you know, that that's not possible for a lot of people who have a nine to five. So I think that Instagram is a really great tool Mm. to find out about, you know, kind of up and coming fresh young businesses in your neighborhood or in your community and just making a point of, you know, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier and go to that coffee shop where there's a lot of creative people or, you know, on my lunch break, I'm going to, you know, hop in the car quick and go to that new ice cream truck Mm. and just kind of reach out and get to know people that way is, is, you know, something that for those who don't have as much flexibility to choose where they're working, um, it's, a, it's a good way to foster that creativity. It so is. And I love that you brought up something that has been very present for me this week, which is in this world where we're so connected, people are very disconnected because we hide behind the screens, right? But you just said, like, use the social media tool to find out what's going on in your community and to go and actually physically meet people and, like, enjoy an ice cream cone and say hi to the person sitting next to you. (laughs) I mean, if you're having ice cream, they're going to say hi back. Like people can't be mean and eating ice cream, right? So I just love that you mentioned that because so often we just, we just think, oh, well, you know, I'm just looking at someone's beautiful Instagram feed. What am I going to do with this? It's like, no, be proactive and use the tools that you have in order to get out into your community and immerse yourself in the energy and culture and, and creativity that you desire to have, even if you don't have it or as much flexibility in your traditional job. Absolutely. And, and on Instagram, you know, it's, I by no means have mastered the Instagram game, that algorithm just, <laughs> oh, it gets me every day, you know, <laughs> but I have found that there are people with cool accounts in your community that maybe they have nothing to do with anything that you do, you know? One of my really good friends is, you know, a blogger who is like always outdoors in the mountains and fishing and stuff. That's not my life at all. But just reaching out to those people on Instagram and saying like, you know, in a, I would say a direct message instead of a comment Mm -hmm. and just saying, hey, you know, I really love what you've got going on. You know, I, I would love just to meet you and learn about your story and take you for coffee. And before you know it, you've got a really great group, um, good, diverse community that you can kind of feed off of and feed into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and and people are nice and people say yes to being on your podcast, even if you meet them on Instagram, right? (laughs) 
That's another yes, thing. You don't definitely. have to be afraid. Like if somebody doesn't get, get back to you right away, no problem. Just keep trying, you know, find accounts yeah. that really, really feel good and, and, and build, build that up, you know, be proactive. I feel like is, is a big part of your message. It's if you want to do something, allow yourself to do it, like get yep. out there, immerse yourself in the energy, be proactive, meet people and bring it to you, which I love so much. So because you work so closely with so many creatives and because you, you get to see their own creative process and all of that kind of stuff, what wisdom do you feel inspired to share with people? Because I'm hoping that the people who are listening are all are people who, who want to take their life by, by the reins and, and go from dreaming to creating and actually bringing these ideas to life. And so what have you seen in working with, with all of these multiple creatives and, and how their own creation process helps bring their ideas to life? Great question. You know, I think that I was thinking actually yesterday about putting just some notes together about, you know, what makes good collaboration, which I think mm. is at the heart of taking your business to the next step. It is a humble awakening, but definitely one to recognize that you cannot go it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, are you capable? Sure. Everybody is capable of, of learning and doing and implementing. But, you know, t in today's society, entrepreneurial energy and demographic, there is this idea of collaboration. Not only can I learn from you, but we're going to benefit each other. It's going to be more exposure. You're bringing things to the table that I don't bring to the table. Mm. And that is, I think, an essential, essential piece to growing a business is being open to collaboration. And when looking for that, I, of course, caution people to be careful. And, you know, if they're doing some type of actual physical collaboration where they're doing some shooting or, you know, designing or anything like that, of course, I always say have everything in writing. Yeah, of course. Oh, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, because you never know, especially with people you don't know personally, mm -hmm. or even more so, I guess, when you do know them. But I think when you're looking at collaboration, look for, do you respect that person mm -hmm. and what they're doing, you know, and you, you might not know them well, but you can tell, you know, based on whatever content they have out there. Because respect is essential. Yeah. Trying to see if the, you know, your values and your ethics and your vision kind of line up because that's going to be important into when it comes into growing your business and benefiting each other through growth. Looking for, yes, skills and experience and, you know, some type of, some type of stability in the other person, you know, to ensure that you're both kind of going all in. And then, you know, um, fleshing out and being open to recognizing, hey, these are my strengths, but these are my weaknesses. Yeah. And I should say, I'm, I am not saying everyone go get a partner to grow your business. The term partner is used so loosely these days. Mm. And I, I always talk with my clients. I'm like, let's find another fun word for partner. <laughs> Because it just carries so many legal implications. Right. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. like words have a different uh, you know, meaning once you, once you know the law, right? <laughs> they do completely. So I, I don't mean that. What I do mean <laughs> is find other businesses that you can grow with mm. and feed off of each other and help each other and be open to constructive 
critique and criticism and also know know when to take a compliment and to recognize that you're doing something really wonderful mm. and embrace that and pour energy into that. Mm. I love that so much. So much. So this feels like a good time. Why don't you share pe- with people where they can find you? So on social media oh, yeah. or your website or all of that stuff, where can they locate you? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, the website is, it can just be uh, thecreativescouncil.com. It links back to our actual firm website, but it, that's just an easier one <laughs> for people to, to know. We also have the Creatives Council on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Win Catherine, which is W Y N N E Catherine with a C. And you know, I I try to keep them a little bit apart, but you know, if you want to see the person behind all of it, that's definitely the account to look at. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I'm always open to calls, texts, Skype, whatever it is. You know, we we really I've been you know again really fortunate in this particular situation that I can set up the structure how I want it to be set up. And um, one thing that I found, and I'm sure that you you know this as well from being an attorney, is that people are even afraid to send you an email because they think they're going to get billed for oh a tenth gosh, of an yeah. hour. <laughs> I mean, and that just is big firm billing practices, you know, and that's that's okay. That's clearly how the legal field runs, but it's not best for small businesses, mm. at least the ones that I've worked with. So we've really implemented a policy where it's an open door policy and we want to have an open line of communication with you. So you can shoot us an email, a text, a call. And if it takes less than, you know, half an hour of research on our end to answer a question, uh, we don't bill at all for, wow. for that type of communication. Wow. You guys are really, you guys, yeah. wow. You are creating something so, so incredible. And the people who get to work with you are just, they're so blessed because I want to send all the creatives that I know in Minnesota <laughs> right you. to your doorstep because I know that they're going to be taken care of. Thank you so much. I have a, I have a question for you about your Instagram account. I'd love to yeah. know how you became inspired to create your, you know, your account. And it's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. And it's just not a traditional way that I see lawyers, um, advertising themselves. And I know you've got both accounts, but a lot of times, you know, you see the lawyer traditional, like, I'll answer your legal questions, but you're really taking a creative approach even to the Creatives Council Instagram account. So how did you become enamored with Instagram? Again, friends, friends (laughs) who are phenomenal with Instagram. And we work with a ton of photographers, Mm -hmm. which is really, you know, thankful. Three of my best friends are photographers. So um, I'm, I'm thankful for their creative insight. And for being willing to teach me, who is fairly illiterate when it comes to technology, <laughs> how to use certain apps to make your pictures pretty. But I had been doing everything on my personal account, mm-hmm. posting about seminars and everything like that. And it was really at the last seminar that I hosted where I thought, man, I should really start practicing what I preach <laughs> and keeping you know, personal separate from business. And so I just started the the account, but I wanted it to stay kind of in line with our branding and appeal to, you know, that the clients that we currently worked with who are all, you know, creative or in the industry. And I just started playing around on 
there's an app called Planoly mm-hmm. and you yep. can kind of see everything, you know, before you're actually posting it. And I loved the idea of getting, you know, that f- those first nine photos where it's like the big square of yeah. uh, my dad and I, that was a recommendation from, from a friend and it looked great, but being the type A person that I am. <laughs> I know where you're you going know, with you this. Only, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you only post one, it throws off the entire square and it was driving me nuts. And so I thought, <laughs> okay, I, you know, I can't keep posting big square after big square because that's just going to look ridiculous. I went through a big square phase too. And I stopped for that yeah. same reason. <laughs> right. It just drives you nuts. It really does. So I just went down to the minimal that I could post, which is the the three, to keep the square intact <laughs> and, you know, have tried to use imagery from, you know, a lot of the people who have given us imagery, you know, our headshots and photos of us writing and things like that, our clients. And, you know, as attorneys, we can't really promote clients, you know, right. it, we're ethically bound kind of against that. But it's a really great way to kind of also employ our clients and, and uh, give back. And through that, we're lucky enough to get content that makes our Instagram feed a little bit more aesthetically pleasing mm. than the, the standard. Here is my legal advice of the day. Yeah. So. I love that so much. I do. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just so beautiful. Like I said, I think when I first reached out to you, just how fun and refreshing and encouraging it is to see somebody doing something different in the legal profession, yet still upholding the law, very knowledgeable ethics, like the whole nine yards. Like you're, you're still doing everything that a lawyer does, but you're doing it in such a different way. And it's so encouraging because I've come across several people, you know, myself included, who get discouraged by that. And so yeah. if you see somebody who is starting to become discouraged with a profession of law, do you have any yeah. words of wisdom for those people? I, I do. I, do. <laughs> I deal with that a fair amount. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, let's just forget it all together. I'm not going to open that business. The law is too scary. Mm. And I get it. You know, I, if you Google anything related to law or medicine, you could literally live under a rock for the rest of your life yeah. because it's terrifying. You know, and I... You know, I have a very deep um, respect and understanding for the roots of the industry. And I think that that's essential when trying to kind of break the mold a little bit um, on a very, very well-established industry. But, you know, in talking with people who, you know, get discouraged or see those feeds online that are like, here's the worst thing that could ever happen to you, I try to put it into perspective for them a little bit and say, you know, here are, here are some steps, you know, that we can put in place that are going to protect you. And let's, let's flesh out the worst case scenarios. Mm. You know, let's talk about realistically, what is the worst case scenario out there? Not what you find online, but realistically for your situation. So people can kind of have a better grasp of what could possibly lie ahead but then I think it's really important to to remind people that it's pretty rare that that worst case scenario yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. And you're going to face obstacles. Um, you're going to have clients who don't pay you. You're going to have a business dispute at some point. You're going to have an insurance issue at some point. 
but we're here in your corner and we'll fight for you. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you're going to win every time? I don't know. You know, the, the legal world is changing constantly and we can't guarantee that. But what we can guarantee is that if you have a community in place and you have people that you can trust, that that burden is taken off of just your shoulders yeah. and it's, it's shared amongst a team that's there for you. And what, what you were saying right now, like what I was instantly, what instantly came to my mind was what a beautiful metaphor or yeah, metaphor for yeah. just the creation process in general. Sometimes yeah. you're so afraid, you get this beautiful idea and you're so afraid because you think, oh, you know, I can't even bring this to life. And then if you actually talk through the potential worst case scenarios, which like you said, most of the time won't happen. And there may be some challenges that do arise. But like you said, if you've got a great team, if you've got great people supporting you, if you've got friends and family cheering you on, then you're going to make it happen. And it's the same with having beautiful legal protections for your business. It's like, it's like sending your child out in a Minnesota winter with no coat. Like, of course, you're going to put a coat on them, right? You need to put a coat on them. Put a coat on your business too, so that you can be protected. And yeah, protect what you're creating because that's, that's just so important. So incredibly important. Absolutely. And I'd love to wrap us up with, so as you look back on your own creative journey, your own process in starting this business with your dad and expanding it into the Creatives Council Mm -hmm. and doing these beautiful and different events so that entrepreneurs can become just so much more comfortable with the legal process. As you reflect back on your own creative journey, what wisdom can you share with people who are on their own creative journey right now? So I think that people who are on their own creative journey, everybody starts with an idea. Mm -hmm. And that idea is so valuable. And I often tell people, you know, from the outset, yes, you have this idea and there are those things that you need to think of right away, like legal, insurance, financial, having a good support system, whether it's friends, family, but also to that next step, once you actually start developing and you start thinking about growth, make sure to value yourself and your ideas. Mm. You know, so often you see people undervaluing what they have or saying, oh gosh, you know, my my business just isn't worth that much yet. And I'd love to work with this bigger business. And, you know, I remind people often that their business also was a young business Mm. at some point in time. And even if you don't have that, you know, big financial valuation number on your business, what you do have is you and your brain and your ideas. And without that, none of this would exist. And so really, you know, kind of checking back with yourself and saying, I am this valuable. My brain is this valuable. My ideas are this valuable. And I am going to bring something wonderful to the table. And while this business grows, I'd love to work with other people. I would love to dream big and, you know, plan even bigger, but always checking in with yourself and remembering, remembering, you know, that, that you are essential, you are necessary. And without you, it it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be there. Mm. And so to make sure to value yourself. I love that so much. That is 
I'm going to listen to this over and over and over again. It's going to become my mantra <laughs> every morning, every morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh Wynn, thank you so much. This it's it's just been so wonderful to share with another attorney, share what you're creating, what you're doing, how you're doing things so differently to and to listen to your heart throughout the whole thing. Like it's just so evident that you care so much about the people that you work with and the people that you support and the people that you create alongside and and yeah, you're building something and I can't, I am so honored. I'm going to front row seat to watch this continue to grow because what you're, what you're doing is so necessary. And I just want to say thank you so much for being you and doing what you do. <laughs> well, thank you. Honestly, this has been such an honor to be, to be a part of uh, the podcast and I am just thrilled to have met you via Instagram and to see <laughs> you know, what you're doing with the new firm. And I, I, it's just going to do such wonderful things for so many entrepreneurs. And I am excited to be along for the ride. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Why don't you share with everybody one more time where they can locate you and just to make sure that they can find you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thecreativescouncil.com or the Creatives Council on Instagram. Or, you know, you can always feel free to give me a call too at 612-455-4577. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wynn. Thank you. Ah, this is so exciting. I just, each episode I finish recording, I'm just like, wow, how blessed am I to be listening to these stories? And this one is no exception. So thank you so much. Oh, good. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. We'll be talking to you guys again. Bye. Thank you so much for being part of Gabriella's Dream. You can learn more about Gabriella at thenewfirm.co. A special thank you to Hope Welty Library, Sally Mercedes in the A Year Ago Today podcast, Joshua Weeders, and each one of the guests. <laughs>